Hi, and welcome to Under an Open Heaven Podcast. We are glad you are joining us as we explore the reality of God's love expressed in Scripture and our own personal experiences. Thanks for joining us today as we explore the reality that we live under an open heaven. Enjoy! Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Arthur Richardson. I have with me Colton Jones, as always, and we're glad to have you back. All right, so we're going to be continuing on with our season on identity. We're really excited to uh, continue talking about this. I think we're going to get a little bit more serious tonight. Um, at least I have every intention of getting a little bit more serious tonight. Uh, <laughs> I see Colton over there smiling away. He's uh, he's gonna he's in a jovial spirit. I, I can tell. Yeah. Uh, you know it's Valentine's Day, so uh, you know we're here to we're here to talk about love. No, we're not. We're here to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we are what? Topic change. All right. No, like, no. I'll talk about it. I don't know. No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, all joking aside, Colton, would you like to share with us a scripture passage? I think you found one earlier, right? Yeah. 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 This is from past this past Tuesday. So uh, as I hope you all know, we're focusing on the theme of identity uh, this season. And it's. I mean, it's very, very like relevant in the world mm -hmm. to understand identity. It's very important that we really nab, get to the heart of what identity is. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times in our search for identity, we tend to fall into certain patterns of thinking or we assimilate ideas and assumptions about ourselves, our heritage, our culture in the world. And we then identify ourselves with those things, maybe their traditions, maybe their, um, their cultural stories that we assimilate, even if we don't have contact with them, even if they're not authentically a part of us, we, we're always grasping for something, uh, to give us a sense of who we are and where we came from. Yeah. It's not inherently bad, but it can be. <laughs> and I think we're, we're, we are seeing a bit of that in the world all around, literally in every single demographic every single religious group every single uh non-religious group uh people are grasping and searching for who they are and where they came from yep and that uh isn't anything new uh it came up in scripture i think this past tuesday uh and it has to do with this encounter that jesus has with the pharisees so i'm going to go ahead and read that this is from the gospel of mark chapter 7 verses 1 through 13 so it says, when the Pharisees with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. In, in parentheses, for the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him, why do, you, why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, well did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. 
you disregard God's commandment about but cling to human tradition. He went on to say, How well you have set aside the commandment of God in order to uphold your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother. Whoever curses his father or mother shall die. Yet you say, If someone says to father or mother, Any support you might have had from me is korban, meaning dedicated to God. You allow him to do nothing more for his father or mother. You nullify the word of God in favor of your tradition that you have handed on, and you do many such things. So, yeah, kind of a scathing, uh, you know, backlash that Jesus has on these Pharisees. You could take, you know, the spiritual understanding and enlightenment from this to not tell Jesus to wash his hands. Um, I wonder how that went for Mary. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah like, like yeah like jesus hands were completely dirty especially if he's like a teenager working with joseph building yeah. things like yeah. just really dirty grimy hands and she's like hey jesus watch it before we eat supper and he's just like let me tell you about cleaning your hands <laughs> like, oh, no. Uh, no, but no completely I, take out of context yeah, it's fine. yeah no. so it's a funny thought though yeah so this isn't about not washing your hands it's not what this is about obviously jesus is getting to the heart of like they do this stuff not because God told them to, but because they held up traditions, says traditions from the elders, mm-hmm. as if God had told them to do it. Yep. And uh, I'm sure that not just, I'm sure that on a cultural level, we experience that a lot. We have a lot of cultural traditions that maybe we don't uh, see very often that had purpose originally and then we took them on and morphed them and it just became a tradition just something that you did yep uh for instance today is valentine's day mm-hmm. uh that's a hallmark holiday it is definitely that's, a hallmark holiday. even though it's 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 great i mean uh it gives people an excuse to really go out of the way and be romantic if they're not inclined to be so if you're not inclined to be romantic just just Pretend that just pretend this holiday doesn't exist and gripe about it. Oh well, no, yeah, I if, mean, if, uh, I mean, if, you, if if maybe you don't have like a significant other or something like that to be romantic, then it's for or or with, and it's yeah, then that's a different situation. My tongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, uh, so sure. I mean, it has has some quality of utility to it, but mm-hmm. fundamentally, it's sort of like a cultural holiday. This. Yeah, and it's actually very divorced from its original meaning, yeah. which is totally interesting. Yeah. Um, just, just, yeah, just a, not that it's a, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much, but I mean, the original celebration was of a priest who died a martyr because he was marrying couples, like Catholic couples mm-hmm. within the church. So, interesting stuff. Yeah. And so, Right. So that kind of gets to the, the, that's sort of an aspect of like how that's manifested today, today mm-hmm. in our culture. Um, it manifests in many different ways as well. Uh, um, in Christian culture, uh, you know, Christianity has been around quite a while. And so that's plenty of time to develop, grow, forget, rediscover traditions. Yep. 
and that's also a big opportunity to not understand what traditions actually are especially when you don't have a full grasp on history yeah who we are as a church mm-hmm. and what actually is a central point of who jesus is and what he had to bring mm-hmm. so but yeah sorry continue no and uh yeah i this this passage specifically reminds me of like what's causing a lot of strife in the church today, the concept of tradition of things that we do because we are Christian, because we are Catholic, what have you. Um, and some people say like, okay, well, these traditions don't really have much bearing now. Maybe we do things a little bit differently, or maybe you have some groups that really go out there and just try to forsake the good tradition, the things that actually have purpose still today uh, forsaking that and trying to morph Christianity and specifically Catholicism into something that maybe it shouldn't be. Then you have people who want to go back as far as they can in in the faith and try to reassemble the the ways of doing liturgy, the ways of uh, practicing certain prayers and bringing back certain um, yeah certain prayers, specifically like uh, using Latin uh, in prayer and things like that. Uh, like you, you have this whole spread of people who have varying approaches and uh, opinions on what the Catholic tradition is or how we should be going about it in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. And that causes a lot of strife because when you have one, like a people in a church who are not a part of the same culture, you know, when the church culture is so varied like that, it causes a lot of tensions because inevitably people whenever they approach a way of doing things they think it's the way of doing things my way is the way right my understanding of truth is the truth not right. truth is truth but my understanding of truth right sorry continue no you, yeah you're right where they take their maybe their subjective interpretation of something uh that's historical um yeah like like yeah of course like the, the we had mentioned like there's a historical uh, reason why there was altar rails um, in, in Catholic churches where you would go up and receive communion, uh, you know, not, not forming lines or anything like that. Like you often see today uh, and the priest would come by or, or a priest and a deacon cause they were both ordinary ministers of the Eucharist. Uh, and they would be, you know, dispensing communion that way to each individual person. And that had utility when it was first sort of instituted um, and that was eventually phased out. Now it's coming back into use. And it's like, is that same approach? Like, do we have the same reasons for doing it? Or is this just for the sake of trying to connect something in the past where we feel like we had a greater sense of our identity? Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of like, it kind of makes me scratch my head. I'm like, people, people often do things. They want to connect to something more significant in the past. We always look at the past with rose-colored glasses. Yeah. Our ancestors had a better idea of who they were. They had a better connection to to their faith. They had a better connection to their community and all this stuff. And so instead of actually trying to understand who we are and have a connection to our community, we try to imitate our ancestors in hopes that that it has that effect. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. No, no. The, the traditional actions that maybe a community develops happens 
organically in the community. It's not the actions and then the community develops. It, it's, I don't know, it's a causation correlation sort of getting mixed yeah. up. And I mean, you also have another causation correlation issue of the literature that survives from way back in the day mm-hmm. is the good stuff. The other stuff's phased out and forgotten, right? So, I mean, from the era right before us, right? Um, you have things like, like Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, Narnia and C.S. Lewis, their writings, right? Very, very good. But they have the thought patterns of a culture that was trained in the classical uh, education grew up in a, in a, like the early 1900s era, you know, like they, they, they just had a different culture, a different worldview, a different everything. And that's not to say like, I mean, I freaking love Lord of the Rings and just listening and reading those books has helped me have a better grasp on how to articulate, how to like even see the world as it is. And the thing is, is that I can't get caught up in wishful thinking of like, oh, if only I grew up in their era, maybe mm-hmm. I could view the world like this. That's not true. Right. It's a gift that they have been able to give to me in my era where I'm at now mm-hmm. so that I can better spread that to the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I know that, um, I think that whatever we seek after our identity in the past, especially if it's not our past, if it's not something that we remember and we're trying to recover almost like an archaeologist, yeah, we're always, it's never actually us. It's always something that we're trying to assimilate. Yeah. And we forsake the the gift that God gives us now to discover who he created us to be mm-hmm. or who we are presently. You know, we, we live in a world that is in 2022 presently, you know, when we're making this podcast and we don't live in, in, you know, 1940s or 1950s, uh, United States, maybe when Catholicism was booming, you know, yeah, literally baby booming. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and, but, here we are standing in 2022 when a lot of things are hitting the fan. Yep. A lot of, a lot of crazy stuff going on. And we're like, wow, I'm sure it was better at some point. And so that's what I'm going to think about. I'm going to think about when it was better for us in the church back then. No, uh, it wasn't spoiler alert. No, no. I mean, there's always been issues. Uh, and, and if there were, they weren't visible issues, they were definitely beneath the surface issues growing, which we got to see. Yeah. In 2012 and that time period yeah yeah things came up yeah so yeah a lot of stuff comes up so it's you know it's hence the rose tinted glasses we we tend to filter out maybe all the bad things that that were happening or that needed to be addressed um we just want we just want stability dang it you know yeah that's certainly something that we are robbed of you know we're robbed of um stability as far as maybe our country goes, maybe as far as the world goes on a whole, 
uh, we, we feel that things are just progressing in such a way that we cannot find the peace. Yeah. So by assimilating tradition, we have an anchor in the past to help us understand who we are. Mm-hmm. And anchors become idols pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, if you're not careful, if you're not careful. And whenever you lose sight of the purpose of an anchor, um, well, I mean, that's why Jesus is supposed to be our anchor. Yeah. Right. Like exactly. Anything else, anything else that is mm-hmm. our anchor. If Jesus is supposed to be our anchor, if anything else becomes our anchor, it very quickly becomes our idol because Jesus is supposed to be our anchor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's bring this back to sure. the Pharisees real quick. Here. Yeah, go ahead. Right. So they, they had this vision of what's important, the intensity of like this ritual and it wasn't just washing your hands it was it's not like your hands are dirty go wash them it it, it was a a ritual of like a particular way that you wash your hands mm-hmm. it, it, yeah it was a whole thing um it is a whole thing it still happens within orthodox still happens within orthodox jewish uh families to this day um so I mean, the it's not a bad thing that they were ritually washing their hands. Jesus isn't saying that. It's why do you care? <laughs> why why is this why is this the thing that you're bringing up? Mm-hmm. Like I am the Lord, the giver of life. I made you. That's the question you're asking. You know, like there. The, <laughs> There is, you can feel the frustration that Jesus has, that these people are teachers. These people are teachers, and this is the question they're asking. If these are the questions that they're asking, what have they been teaching to the the people, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, I don't know. I, I think this gives us an opportunity to really look at our own lives and maybe ask ourselves like what camp do I think I'm in? Do I have any label? Would I give myself or would anybody else give me a label other than Christian? Mm-hmm. Other than someone who walks in the way of the Lord? And if so, do I view my faith through that lens? Mm-hmm. If someone would call me a liberal, do I view my faith through that lens? Whether it be morally, liturgically, spiritually, emotionally. If someone would accuse me of being a conservative, do I view my faith through that lens? And I think those are really important questions to ask because the moment we start to ask that, we begin to have freedom from our ideology. We get to be, we begin to have freedom from a false sense of control, right? I think this false sense of control seeps in because, I mean, what does an anchor do? An anchor makes you feel secure and steadfast, like what you were saying earlier. And if we're holding on to our anchor being the political party that we are in or the ideology that we are in, mm-hmm. 
we're going to find real quick. I mean, honestly, if you just examine the last four to eight years, how flip-floppy, inconsistent, and chaotic everything has been, regardless of what political side you've been on. Yeah, it applies to both. So they're like, oh, you're talking about them? Like, no, No. we're talking about both. All of them, really? Right. it, It doesn't matter. Like... And it's it's because the anchor has not been Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why yeah. because it it doesn't actually like. This isn't stability, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, yeah. This is this is the other thing that I'm going to also point out. There is a period in my life that I considered myself conservative. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I served. People who identified as liberal. Mm-hmm. And I had a thought of, I'm going to change them. Mm. I'm going to convert them. And to a certain extent, I did. But they converted me. <laughs> I began to see... I began to see that our political parties... And the assumptions that we made because of that were not helpful. We're not helpful to everything else. And uh, going back to the root of why we are talking about identity, which is the suffering that we experienced before. If we do not have our anchor firmly as Jesus... When suffering happens, that causes us to question the assumptions that we made that about something about a fact that's true. If our ideology causes us to assume a falsehood, even though the, the fact is true, but to make an assumption about that fact in order that we might justify ourselves... Mm-hmm. And even the people that we love, if we do that, we walk in dangerous ground to face the fact that our faith is not strong. Yeah. And the truth is a dangerous weapon in the hand of someone who wants to justify themselves. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's that's a fact. And you, oh my gosh, I hear it so much. Like, cause whenever, whenever someone of one persuasion or another, be it uh, be, be, be it a political persuasion or, or a maybe a certain spiritual persuasion, you know, because spiritual persuasions have like you know, yeah, yeah, or traditional charismatic, like that's one dichotomy that people might yeah. cite in the spiritual world, um, or or even any devotion within the Catholic world, like yeah. you you listen to somebody or or read, you pick up a new devotion, right, to Saint Joseph or like yeah. to Mary literally without fail they will all say this is the most <laughs> holy steadfast way to get to heaven it's like it might be a every really good single way. one <laughs> yeah i mean and if, if if you do it maybe with the right with the right if you're if your heart is in like the proper place you're open to the grace of god like literally any path to god where your heart is open to the grace he has to give you because he gives you the grace sufficient to be a saint you're gonna become a saint 
So it's like, yes, this might be a way. It's not the, the way. Yeah. God isn't that mean to make it only one way. <laughs> yep. Uh, some ways, obviously, faster than others. But the most limit, the limiting factor uh, that, that keeps you from becoming a saint faster is is your openness to the grace of God and how he's working in your life. And yeah. um, if you expect God to work in a particular way, just like, I think we talked about this before, like loosen up on those expectations because um, the person who knows how to make you the saint the best is literally the person who made you to be a saint. So trust trust in God there. Uh, well, I think I was going on something. What you had said before, yeah, using truth, um, uh, where you, you might say something that, yes, is true. But then you build on like assumptions on top of that, and those assumptions aren't true. <laughs> or those assumptions can easily lead you and others astray. Yep. Um, yeah, you hear that a lot, uh, and that's a that's a very dangerous thing to happen, and that happens a lot between uh, the dichotomies we see, we that we see arise in people in the faith, the traditionalists, the charismatics, the the, the liberals, the conservatives. Yeah. In the faith. Uh, although they might found themselves on yes things that are good and true the reason why we arrive at these dichotomies is because people approach them with different assumptions and those assumptions don't come from god right those assumptions don't come from god because if they lead you to define yourself in a way that god does not define you mm -hmm. they're not from god you know right uh, I, I mean i'll even give you two examples in scripture yeah all right so get ready for this uh the first one is in Genesis. This one's my favorite. Uh, you, do you know what the name Adam means? Earth. Ground. Pretty sure it means man. Uh, Adamos. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway. Well, regardless, same meaning of like man is made of the earth. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So Adam and Eve, right? They're given essentially one law. Don't eat the fruit of the mm -hmm. tree of knowledge. Every other fruit. And I, I believe even like the fruit of the tree of life was not off limits. And they could eat from the, the, the oh, tree yeah. of the fruit of life. Right. Yeah. Um, so they, they just couldn't eat the one of knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. That's it. Because they already knew what was good and they didn't need to know what was evil. Mm -hmm. All right. So fast forward serpent's talking to eve why adam let that happen i don't know anyway the serpent says to eve hey tell me about that tree oh we can't even go near it was eve's response so we are we are not told exactly and this is where it kind of comes in adam representing by his name mankind made up a law in order to put an extra barrier between the one that he loved and himself and temptation not even sin but temptation don't even go near it that was that was the law and that that assumption was a thing that the serpent used to break eve's faith was that from i thought it was a commandment from god just not to eat it mm -hmm. just not to eat it 
They could be right next to it if they wanted to be. They could look at it if they wanted to be, like mm -hmm. looking at it. The second one is God gave 10 commandments. Moses gave 603 or something like that. And we know that because Jesus says to the, to the people, when uh, he was talking about divorce with them, the laws that Moses gave you. Yeah. He said, Moses gave you this law because of your hardness of heart. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like God gave you this law. My father gave you this law. I gave you this. Law. And I was like, no, Moses gave you this law. Moses gave you this law. Exactly. Or it was, yeah, it was the permission to be divorced. You write your, your, your wife a bill of divorce and things mm -hmm. like that. And that's, yeah, yeah, you're right. That was, God permitted it. God permits us to be stupid with our with our with ourselves. Um, man, yeah, good point, good point. It's and I think that's all. Yeah, that's what he, Jesus came to destroy was the fact that we were throwing on our own shoulders burdens that God wasn't giving us, and a burden that we could not bear. Right. Saint Paul calls talk says to us that the law was mm -hmm. a slavery that condemned everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, I think it's really important just acknowledging that how long our religion has been along, uh, alive for, regardless mm -hmm. of what denomination we're a part of. I think there, there can be the temptation of like, oh, I'm not Catholic or I'm not a traditional Baptist or I'm not whatever, you know, Protestant tradition that's been around for a while. It doesn't matter. We all are capable of doing this of finding security in something that's not Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. We all are capable of coming up with an assumption that gives us a security of heaven that is not Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might, I might give my final thoughts here. Yeah, man. So, uh, going back to the Gospel of Matthew, um, when Jesus is just laying laying the smack down on the Pharisees, he says, <laughs> um, "This people." He says, "Well, did the did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites?" He says, "This people honors me with their lips, but with their hearts they are far from me." Um, this reiterates what really Jesus was getting at the entirety of his ministry, and this this really lays it out well what he was trying to deconstruct for the the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Jews what he was trying to get them to like shake off. Um, it's like really true deconstruction for a Christian should be. Let's shake off maybe the things, the presuppositions, the, the, the traditions that aren't given to us by God. Let's shake those off personally, understand how our heart relates to God lay our heart bare before God. Don't put, don't put, um, don't put anything in the way of it. Don't like, if you feel like you can only, uh, you know, contact the spirit through praise and worship, or you, you, you can only pray properly in the gift of tongues or properly in Latin, or, or you can only do one thing or another. Just set those aside. Set those limitations aside. Yes. Set those limitations aside. Um, the true seat of God in your lives 
is your heart. He resides in that innermost space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that throne that's that's in you. And if you are out there receiving communion, thinking that you're worthy to receive communion because you're you're kneeling and receiving on your tongue or that you're worthy to receive communion because, you know, you psyched yourself up in praise and worship before mass. That's not what makes you worthy to receive communion. (laughs) That's not what does it. Christ's mercy makes you worthy. Uh, And so literally nothing, no external facet of what you do changes the fact that Christ's he really only cares about where where you put him in your heart. That's it. That's it. And that's ruffling feathers literally everywhere. You're welcome, people. Yeah, but, so... But I, I don't think it should. I mean, I don't think it should because, I mean, of course, I think that's something that people can agree with. I hope. I, I hope, hope they're like, yeah, my heart is open to God. I'm like, good if they if they made it to that point of the podcast hopefully they're able they're able to listen and be hopefully, okay <laughs> yeah cuz i'm like i love i love the tradition i love the 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 charismatic movement and it's all like these don't butt heads in reality because christ is christ and we love christ and it's yeah ah, man anywho um so final thoughts um wrapping up on mine here um yeah just really pick apart why you do the things that you do. If you're doing it because you feel like it was handed on to you or you're trying to connect with something that, that is more stable. Understand that, the, yeah, like Arthur was saying, Christ is that anchor. Christ is that anchor in your life. And the closer you get to the heart of Christ, the more sure you're going to be. And the less you might feel like you need to hold on to other things. Yeah. ways of doing things yeah yeah absolutely so uh yeah disclaimer real quick i i'm not calling for like the complete deconstruction of you know christian tradition or the complete deconstruction of charismatic the charismatic movement but merely just the the ref- the individual reflection on the source of of our motivations when we partake in the tradition in the various expressions that that takes or maybe the charismatic gifts and the various expressions that takes. What are, where's the motivation? Where's the spirit working? That's what I'm going for. Cause I love both <laughs> making that clear. All right. Alrighty. Let's, let's say a quick prayer for peace. Cause I think we probably ruffled feathers. Our feathers. I ruffled are my little... own feathers. Here. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I, I think, yeah, I yeah. think there's just ruffled feathers because it's easy to fall into the trap of, finding security in anything other than jesus so let's let's find peace in him right now let's begin in the name of the father son holy spirit amen heavenly father i am sorry for the times that i allowed my ideology the times that i allowed my particular view of the world to alter your truth to alter your truth that i proclaim to someone else And I renounce right now in the name of Jesus, my pride and my desire to be right. 
Lord, I give you the freedom to be Lord of my life, to teach me what your truth means. Not just your truth, but what your truth means. Not just in my life, but when I reach out to other people in your love, to give them the freedom to have that same relationship with you, Father. <sighs> give us the grace right here, right now, to be open to your correction, to be open to your love, and to be open just loving our, our brothers and sisters your children, regardless of whether or not we feel like they're in our tribe or not. Lord, I ask for world peace. Lord, you know the pain in this world. of those that you love those that you promised your care for we ask this in the name of Jesus Amen awesome so before we wrap up this podcast I also want to mention uh, just a shout out to our listeners in Germany uh, who are growing in number oh, um, coming in clutch yeah, nice. yeah. Uh, and our other listeners throughout the world who are also listening not just those in America um, we really appreciate you uh, and are very honored uh, <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you um, I'm kind of surprised we are going as long as we have um, and have impacted as many people as we have. Heading on two years, Arthur. I know. Isn't that crazy? It it's is. awesome. Yeah. Uh, definitely humbled. So, uh, yeah, if this, we, we always mention it, but 
if this has impacted you in a positive way and you feel like this episode in particular might give somebody freedom please share it we want freedom from our ideologies from the, the false idols the false anchors in our lives and we want that for our culture too that's how we're gonna <laughs> if if you are longing for a cultural renewal this this good work in jesus is going to be how that happens and we're not the only channels that this is happening but if this did something good in your heart and you felt like you found freedom please share this with somebody else uh, just know that we are praying for you um and uh yeah thank you for listening to the podcast have a good one bye Thank you all so much for joining us this week. We hope that this podcast blessed you. And we ask if it did, share that with the people that you love so that it can bless them as well. If you want to reach out to us, we are available on Facebook. We are under an open heaven. Our email address is under an open heaven dot fire at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at under an open heaven dot fire. So Please go uh, give those a gander and send us any th- any feedback that you want. We would be happy to reply to you. God bless. Bye.